and we're live. Henry, it's fair to say that astronomy is your thing. Yeah. We all have our hobbies and our interests, but astronomy is yours. And I've a, a good bit of an interest myself, and I know a lot of people have a kind of a vague interest, but would like to get into it a little bit more. And I'm just curious as to where your journey with astronomy started. Like, was it your dad? Was it a friend? Or, or, or what was it that, that put uh, you onto it? No. Uh, always been interested as long as I can remember. My earliest astronomy memory is when I was, oh, I could have been two or three years old, uh, climbing up on the chair in the sitting room and opening the, the curtains to look out at the moon. And I had a pen and a piece of paper and trying to draw the moon. And I just remember my mum and dad asking me, you know, what are you, what are you doing? And I said, I'm trying to draw the moon. That's my earliest memory. I have never, I've never gotten into it. I have always been into it. It's just, it's just in me. Do you know what I mean? It's just something I've always had and always, I've always looked up, never um, down. <laughs> when did you get your first scope? Um, got it for Christmas. Oh, my mum had the, the, the talk, <laughs> if you know what I mean, uh, about Santa Claus. And uh, I remember we were going into town uh, in Dublin on the bus. And uh, she just asked me, you know, Dia, and I was like, uh, no. And she said, right, okay. So uh, you're like, you know, she said, what do you want the- from Santa? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we went into town and we had a look. There wasn't much choice or places to go in Dublin, but we found a place um, that that had a telescope, and I was like, yes. <laughs> so I was delighted. So that kept me busy for a couple of years, um, and unfortunately, I don't know why. I had a friend or something. We cut the we cut the top off, and I don't know why. And of course, the parents were absolutely livid. But this is about two years after I got it. But um, but then I didn't have a telescope for for years. And oh, I think it was late nineties, probably. I got my my um, my first serious telescope then, and I had that for about eighteen years. Um, Jeez, it must have been if you had it for 18 oh, years. Oh, fantastic telescope, uh, an LX90, 8-inch, uh, um, computerised. So you just, once you line it up, just press a couple of buttons. You can see whatever you want to see. So before you had the computerised one, I'm going to rhyme off a couple of things that I, I've heard, but I don't understand. Is it hours of inclination and degrees of right ascension and all this yeah, kind of practice? Yeah, like latitude and longitude on a, on a, on a terrestrial map. It's exactly okay, it's the just the equivalent for the, for yeah, the for sphere the that's the kind of planet, yeah. blankets the Earth. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and when you got the scope originally, because I just know from my own journey, I would have had a scope when I was a kid, mm. and I looked at the moon once or twice and thought that was great, but after that I was kind of looking at things in fields, <laughs> yeah. do you know that kind of way, because yeah. there's the moon, and like you're not going to see a star really no, with a regular kind of telescope. It doesn't matter what size your telescope is, even if it's the Hubble Space Telescope, a star is a star, there are billions of light years away. Um, so a star is just a small point of light. Doesn't matter what size your telescope is. Do you know what I mean? With, with so for the so for the eighteen years you had the the kind of proper telescope, the mm-hmm. computerized one. It's what are you looking at then? Is it planets or? Yeah, you're looking at planets, the moon, deep sky objects. Although deep sky objects, visual observ- observing isn't great um, because they're naturally they're naturally dim because uh, your eye can't take in. Uh, too much light but if you leave let's say a camera attached to it with a long exposure that gathers a lot more light so you can see you know you can see the, the a better overall picture of it yeah so you basically instead of taking a, a photograph in in an instant mm. you take it over the course of an, well, what is it an hour or a night it could or? be could be second depends on what it is and how how what's what it bright what its brightness is it, it and it can depend on a lot of settings on the camera and stuff like that could be adding from a few seconds to a few minutes to to a few hours in a lot of cases 
Um, there was one one picture there popped up on the internet recently where a fella had taken 12 years to take a picture of the Milky Way and he'd just taken it section by section by section and just eventually put it all together but it took 12 years because the Milky Way, sections of the Milky Way are, you know, only, parts of it are only visible at certain times of the year from wherever, from wherever you are, so you know summer is a great time for uh, looking at the centre of the Milky Way and then as the, the year goes on um, it, that kind of moves away and then you see other parts of the Milky Way and take more pictures of that. And eventually you can just put it all together. It takes a while, but it can be done. Yeah, yeah. And you, you mentioned the summer there, so presumably there's a, a seasonality to it. Mm-hmm. Now, I wouldn't have thought that at certain times of year you'd see certain parts of our galaxy. That would have been just foreign to me altogether. What would have been more to the fore in my mind was during the summer, especially now, it never really gets dark, so good luck with you seeing any planets. Yeah, you'd probably only... You can you can see a few planets at the moment. Jupiter and Saturn are, are viewable, but only just. I think they're quite low down. So, trying to look at them through the atmosphere that low down. You know the way the sun sets; it looks kind of doesn't look always round. Looks a bit wobbly. Yes, that's because it's it, it. There's more atmosphere to come uh, that you're looking through. Yeah, so. you're looking through exactly. Yeah, so it's the same with the planets. So it's okay. very wobbly to to try and look at. It. So the, the seeing is what it's called. It's not very good when they're low down. Okay, interesting. So and if it's high, if it's high, it's perfect. The higher, the better. Directly, the higher, yeah. And how does? Because again, with the telescopes that I have had, I don't know if I would have been able to look directly up. Oh yeah. Do you know that kind of way because of the kind of just the the the, the way the, they're the built, cheaper yeah. scopes they're they're for kind of forty five degrees yeah, exactly, yeah, or yeah, there yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. So your one then did it have uh, the computerized one? You're still looking down into it. It's not blowing the the image onto a screen or anything is no, it? No I could if I wanted to, if I set up a camera and a screen I could do that you know I could hook it up to a laptop Okay If I had the, the right camera or the right uh, yeah the right type of camera sorry Yes okay um, So you were a kid you just born with an interest yeah. in in everything or very much particularly you know the night sky Just the night sky and just in general looking at stars looking at galaxies satellites I wondered for ages what, what satellites were you'd see you see planes and they have flashing lights and off they go and you know that's a plane. Then you'd see a satellite but it wouldn't flash. It would just be a steady light and it would just fade. Sometimes they would fade into you know into the into the blackness but that's just basically going into the Earth's shadow. Um, oh! <laughs> yes, because the light off it isn't from a light. It's, it's the way we see the, the moon. Yeah, It's, it's yeah. like a tiny moon. Yeah. Basically, so it's yeah, sunlight being reflected off it. So if I'm looking at something and it just disappears, it's going into the Earth's shadow. Yeah. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, the where were you 20 years ago? <laughs> the ISS does that quite often. You'll see it go from east to west. And, you know, quite often it'll just, you'll just follow it across. And then eventually it'll just dim and it'll just disappear. And there are other times there, there was one there, uh, I don't know whether it was early this year or last year, where it got halfway across the sky, gone. It's just like, what the hell? <laughs> it just disappeared just into, into the, the Earth's yeah, shadow. Into the shadow. Yeah, just like that. That's um, insane. Yeah, it's just it's fantastic, and and the the ISS is is, is in the skies every few weeks. I think it's about every six weeks, and it's visible for about a week. Now you can get apps on your phone for that, and they can predict when it's when it's going to be over. Different apps do different things. Then they can tell you how high up it's going to be, how bright it'll be, what time it'll start. You know, what time it'll appear over the horizon, what time it'll disappear at, or you know, if it'll disappear kind of mid mid uh, mid sky. You know, into the into the shadow, yeah, stuff like that. These days, 
we've apps on our phones, we've Google Sky Map or Night Sky or whatever it's called, mm. and you can just basically point it up and it'll tell you yeah. what the stars are, where the planets are and all that jazz, even if you look down. Yeah. That's the only thing I love. Like if you, if you <laughs> point the camera down, it'll tell you what stars are yeah, the other side of the planet, basically. Feet, yeah. But presumably, when you got your first scope back in the day, you couldn't Google it, or there was no oh, apps no, for you to tell no. you anything. Yeah. So where did you go, or what did like? Where did you? How how did you build on your knowledge? Because there's only so much you can do with a scope. Yeah. Um, I remember we had we had this big set of. I, I used to always look at the skies, and and you know, I didn't know anything. I knew the Big Dipper, and I knew. That's probably pretty much it. And then there was um, uh, the constellation Orion, and they have it has three distinct stars in its in its belt. Yes, that's what it's called um, Orion the Hunter. And I always, you know, could always see that in winter. And I was always curious, and I always, you know, think oh, it's part of a constellation has to be. But what constellation? No idea. And then we, like I said, we had this big. Um, set of encyclopedias, these old things that, you know, us old people used to have. I remember, I remember, <laughs> we, we had kids. some version of it in our house, yeah. <laughs> yeah just got the internet. Um, <laughs> and I remember going through the, 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 the S bit and it was stars and it talked about constellations and then it was, and I used to write these out, right, you know, I'd copy them word for word in a copy so I wouldn't have to keep going back to it so I'd know. And then yes. it showed a picture of the constellation Orion with the three stars. I was like, that's it. That's it. That's what that is. <laughs> so, so it just went from there. And then um, I would go into libraries and look up maps and stuff like that. Uh, if I could get photocopies of of star charts, I got photocopies like ten pence a go, kind of thing. Um, and then just it was just libraries. And then eventually um, you get older. Then there was there was magazines. Um, so like I I read the sky at night. There's astronomy now. There's um, Astronomy Ireland have have a magazine. I can't remember the name, but there's there's quite a few uh, magazines. All about space is, is a relatively new one as well. There, I got my copy of that now today, so I'll have to sit down with a cup of tea now later on in the week and have a read of that. So, you know, and then all these magazines will tell you what planets are where, what's happening in the sky. There's always something going on. People just, you know, a lot of people just look up and think it's the same old sky night after night. But there is always something going on. There's always some new research happening. Um, some uh, what you call it. Um, something that's been discovered or something has been uh, some query or question has been resolved there's always always something uh, like last year we had Comet Neowise brightest comet we'd had for decades so there was a load of us out went out to um, the Hill of Tara and took photographs and it was just amazing and we'll probably never see that in our lifetimes again you know yeah, no, it was cool. I got to see it myself, actually, yeah. very briefly, but uh, cool to see it. Because, again, as, as you said, I think at the time, do I remember, has it got a, something stupid? Like, has it got a 12,000-year orbit or something? So, yeah, or something some, mad. I can't even exactly, remember. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I don't so, know myself. Like, yeah. um, um, the other thing now at this time of year to look out for is noctilucent clouds. They're only, at, at, at this time, like there was a, a display of them last night. Basically, it's night night-lit clouds. So when it's dark, uh, or just about to be really, you know, about half 11, thereabouts. Okay. If the sky is clear, if you look up towards the north northwestern horizon, you should see clouds that look like they're they're lit. They are, in fact, just lit by the sun. Even though the sun is well below the horizon at this stage, and everywhere is dark, they'll be just bright clouds. And is that the Earth's gravity warping the sunlight? No, or? it's 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 uh, what is it? Ice ice crystals uh, in clouds that are so so high up that. They're still lit by the sun. Okay, so they're they're not they're they're not in space, but no, no, no. May is fucking well be though. May is well that be, yeah, 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 they're that high up. Okay, um, and they're you know they're fantastic to look at sometimes. 
Um, so like last night, now they've been viewable for the last few nights in different parts of the country, but we've had cloud cover here the last few nights. So last night, it was starting to get cloudy, but you could see the, the, the beginnings of them. So there was a couple of people posted last night on Facebook about half two in the morning, some pictures that they got, and they were a lot better than what I had. Yes. Um, but I got a, few, a good few pictures now last year, um, and it was a fantastic display. Um, but if you ever get a chance, just just look out on any clear clear night. Just kind of look north northwest, and you'll know. You'll see all the other clouds are dark, but when you look up, you'll see these clouds are still lit. And what was the name of them again? Sorry, noctilucent clouds. Noctil, never heard of it. Noctilucent. Noctil mean a night lucent light, so night lit. Okay, cool. Night light. When you mentioned ice crystals, what came to mind was every so often, particularly around a full moon, you'll see almost like a ring around mm-hmm. the moon. That's something to do with ice crystals, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it is, yeah. What yeah. is that, do you know? Or? Uh, I'm not 100% okay. sure. Yeah, the, the science kind of <laughs> gets me. Now that people say, oh, it's a sign of bad weather, sign of good weather. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you got the, the scope from your man from quote-unquote Santa, you say. Mm-hmm. Um, then you had a scope for 18 odd years. About 18 years, yeah, because I had it for years and even my wife was shocked when I said, oh, I think I'll sell that now and kind of upgrade a little bit. So I've just been kind of playing around with different uh, shapes and sizes of scopes. So what what specifically are you looking for? Is it to, is it always to see further? Or are you always kind of reaching into... That's, yeah, aperture favour. I think that's what we call it. Okay. You just want bigger, you want better, you want to be able to see further. Um, but the truth, and I, and I, I, knew, I knew this before... I bought I bought this telescope last year just on on kind of on a whim. I just saw it and went, yeah, I'll have that. But the thing was a giant. My mates now would tell you it was just, and my wife would tell you it was too big. I I I had already got a couple of scopes and they fit under the stairs. And I bought this thing and it'll fit under the stairs. It'll be grand. Got it home. Not a hope. <laughs> Not a hope. So it sat in the had to sit out in the in the in the hall. Or I'd um, say she loved that. Yeah, she wasn't best pleased, but. Um, but it was too big. Now I could get it on the mount um, to 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 put it on the you know on the mount on top of the tripod, um, so we could we could use it. But and I could do it by myself, but only just. Yes. And there was always the possibility that I drop it. So I usually had to bring one of my sons to give me a hand put it on. Um, but the truth is that the scope you use. The, no, how you, I can't remember the exact saying, but um, basically you'll only. Oh, I can't even remember. But basically, it was too big and I, I didn't use it. So there was other scopes that I had that I kind of start tended to use a little bit more because they were easier to, to handle. It's funny you say so that. because it's too I, big, you just won't use it. I had the exact same experience. Now, I'm way below you. Like The, the most I ever spent on a scope, I think, was €250. Euro, and at the time, like that was an astronomical that amount of money to spend. It's still a lot of money. But what I realised was it was a big. I, I don't. I couldn't even tell you what it was. It was mm. white. <laughs> <laughs> that was mine when I got it. So it was. I don't know. It was about maybe I don't know four or five foot long and eight or ten inches wide. So it was a reflector, those. probably. Is that? I couldn't yeah, even it had tell mirrors. You. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, 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 I couldn't tell you. Never. I don't. Didn't know anything about it. Mm. Um, and I had it for years and years and years. But it was there was a big. Is it a counterweight or something yeah. on it? And just because of that and the fact that it was bulky on a tripod, it just collected dust in the corner. Yeah. And I ended up selling it on done deal for 100 quid or whatever just to get rid of the fucking mm. thing. And then I ended up about five years later, I bought one for, I think it was 60 quid in Aldi one day. Yeah, yeah. And it's the one that I have now. I use it every day. Okay. Because I can, 
throw it behind the couch yeah. and I can kick it into the boot of the car mm. and I don't really care but the other thing I was terrified of touching it because it was so <laughs> expensive do you know that kind of way yeah. so I, I get what you mean by having something that's more kind of user friendly because yeah. the whole point in having it in the first mm. place is that you use it yeah exactly exactly and it was too big and it, actually as it turned out it was, it was slightly too heavy for the mount that I had my mount so so Normally, like you said, you have you have your telescope. It has a little tripod and it has a telescope on top, and you you know you swing it around and, and you're fine. The one I have is is the mount. Sorry, is the is the tripod, and then on that you stick the mount. Okay, and that's where your motor is, and you you connect your little hand controller, and on top of that, then you stick the telescope. So you can you can swap telescopes, different type sizes and telescopes. Once you have the right adapter to fit onto it, you can you can put whatever telescope you want on it. But as it turned out. The telescope that I had, that big one, was was just a tad too heavy. So the point and accuracy wasn't great. So you need to have pinpoint accuracy. So when you set it up initially, it should be able to point to that star, that star, and that star. No problems. But when you're looking through the eyepiece, if it moves even off just a slight bit, it's off. And you and because you're looking at such a narrow field of view, instead of like this much, you're you're, you're looking at that much space. Uh, I'm using a little uh, thumb, <laughs> thumb and forefinger for uh, <laughs> for our listeners. Um, it it needs to be very very accurate, so you need to set it right. But it just wasn't doing that, so I was like, right, it's too heavy, and it's it's it's. I'm just not using it anymore because it's just not accurate. So I have a couple of other telescopes to put them on. Same thing, and it was perfect. So I just said, yeah, I'll have to get rid of it now. So um, yeah, so it was unfortunate, but I bought another one. There's different size scopes, different types of scopes. So I bought, that was a 12-inch that I had. So I bought a different scope and it was 11-inch, but you could just pick it up with your hand, one hand, and yes. put it on and hey presto, and it works. It works like a dream. So, uh, But like you said, you had a, you had a, a white one. Um, and that would have been, judging by what you were saying there and how you were describing it with your hands, uh, probably a reflector. And I had a, something... Celestron, is that a, is that a yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, Celestron, yeah. Um, I had one as well. It was a Mead, something like that. And again, it was motorized. Um and I always remember the the guy was selling it on adverts and it was like four hundred euros, and I was like I hadn't got two beans to rub together and I just I I I bid him two hundred quid didn't even have two hundred didn't even have fifty quid, and uh, he got back on to me saw mate no sorry it's too low and I went ah oh, yeah no problem good luck with the sale, and three days later, up, up no notification on the phone to say uh, offer accepted I was like what. I haven't got 200 quid. How <laughs> am I going to get 200 quid? Anyway, between the jigs and the reels, managed to get it. And I went up to, well, it wasn't Longford, but it was it was a fair old distance anyway. And uh, bought it off, lovely chap. And um, just, you could tell, he said he had it, he, tried, he set it up once, couldn't figure out how to use it. And it just sat sitting in his, in his bedroom for seven years collecting dust. And I, you, when I brought it home, you could see there wasn't a scratch on it. And he had the, the little finder scope on backwards and there's a little little polar scope thing that needs a battery. The battery thing hadn't, the little plastic that stops Still the battery from yeah, operating. Yeah. That hadn't even been taken off. It was in perfect condition. I had that for years and I loved it. So, uh, yeah, so it was fantastic. I've, I've usually always had now two or three scopes, uh, you know, at a, at a go at any one time. So. Okay, and is that for, because we mentioned briefly beforehand that you don't do a massive amount of looking at the sun, say. So if... Put it this way, if you hadn't mentioned anything to do with that and you said that if, if I had heard somebody had two or three scopes, I would have assumed one was for planets, one was for stars and one was for, let's say, the sun. So what's the, what's the, what's the idea of having multiple scopes instead of pooling your resources and, and getting uh, one big one? It can be for different reasons. Like one, the, the smallest they have there now is, is mostly for 
practicing more for astrophotography because it's only a small little scope and it's very handy to stick a camera on it and away I go and I can you know say go to that target we'll take a few photographs do that and then I have the next size up which is a 10 inch and to be honest I don't really need that one but it's a completely different scope so the first one the small one is only a, a, a refractor which means it just has uh, glass lenses in it okay um so the next one then is a, is a reflector with the mirrors as you said and it has a mirror in okay. it yeah so it's a, it's a bit bulkier a bit heavier um, and you can see things are magnified a bit more. So, yeah, you can see a bit more detail. So if you're looking at Saturn, if you're looking at Jupiter, you can see the moons. Um, you can see Saturn's rings. Um, you'd probably be able to see now, if you knew where to look, exactly Uranus or Neptune, probably Uranus. Uh, but with the smaller scope, you wouldn't. So um, then I've got the 11-inch. And basically, it, it's just then, when you get into that then, from 11 up, then you're kind of looking for... Just you just want to see as much as you can, so deep sky stuff. And if you want to to do more serious astrophotography, but I'm not doing the serious astrophotography. I just take simple photographs. And, and when you say deep sky objects, is it nebulae or nebulae like, galaxies? Are, yeah. are nebulae supernovas? Is it the same thing? No, no, no supernovas is when a star explodes. Yes, but what's a nebula? Oh, it's neb- when the stars are born. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ne- it's like yeah. a star nursery, is yeah, it? Yeah, basically, that's what it is. Okay, cool. You see, I have all these things because I've had a kind of a passing interest in it forever. So I have all these kind of terms in my head, but I'm not entirely sure what oh, yeah, half of them no, mean. Yeah, yeah nebula, that's what, yeah, basically it's just a, a cloud of, of gas and dust and it's where stars are, are, are born all the time. Then you've got star clusters where you just have a bunch of stars um, uh, together. So if you, let's say, look at uh, the Big Dipper, uh, just to give you an example of where one is. That's the plough, isn't it? The plough, yeah, yes. the plough, yeah, the plough. So if you look at that and, and look at the front of it, the front of the shot, you could call it the shopping trolley as well, and the front of that points to the North Star. Yes. And then if you go directly across again, you come to a W, and, and it's fairly distinctive. Once you know where to look, you'll see a W, the Cassiopeia. And just to the left of that, there's a little star cluster. If you look at the cor- out of the corner of your eye at that, you'll see a little star cluster with your eye. If you get binoculars you'll see plenty of stars and if you have a telescope you'll see even more stars it's just it's fantastic so if you're ever starting out and you don't have the money for a telescope if Little or Aldi or one of them are selling binoculars they're like 20 quid go out get a pair of binoculars that's the best way to start before you you know commit to, to more money and buying a telescope Savage. And when when you say a star cluster so is that a load of stars orbiting each other or is it just from our perspective they, like they that they look together say so one is you know, to dumb it down, one is two foot in front of you, the other is three foot in front yeah, of you, the other is four more, foot more in front of you. Yeah, it's more to your perspective, yeah. Okay, okay, perfect. Um, okay, so what is it that you're looking for? Like, what, uh, It sounds like you're, you have another scope in mind. Do you <laughs> like, is, is there always the next scope? Are you always kind of reaching like... Um, well, now I have a friend, Stephen, and he he built his telescope. It's a sixteen inch. It's the Stephen Payne. No? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I'm stalking uh, all the astro guys <laughs> on Facebook. Hi, <laughs> yeah. Hi, Stephen. And he has a scope. We call it the Beast, and it's fantastic. And he built it himself, and it's 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 a huge thing now. It's he built it himself. Yeah, yeah. It's wow. fabulous. But it takes it takes a bit of putting putting together. Um, and there's a couple of lads that have done done the same, and, and another couple of lads as well that I think they just bought bought their own. But they're like 16 inch, they're serious. Once you go past 12 and up, you're looking at serious, like get the step ladder out or the you know the big a big ladder because you'll need to stand on that just to be able to look through the eyepiece. Right. In a kind of way, yeah. So. And what kind of cost are you getting into oh, at this you're stage? Like? Talking thousands, really. Yes. Um, you can get a you can get a good second hand one. 
you know for for hundreds but for for that like you know you're you're really into the thousands there once you go past 12 do you know what i mean so um i have no idea really well i do i suppose how much some of them cost but that's just going on the back of of let's say one of the, the you know the science space magazines and you'll see kind of how much they, they cost in the uk um yeah but yeah the, the sky's the limit <laughs> if it looks yeah fun, <laughs> do you know what i mean but it's cool, though, because you mentioned Stephen there, who I know just from Facebook or whatever mm. else. I've never spoken to the man or interacted with him at all. But you also mentioned earlier about meeting up with the lads in Tara. There seems to be a really cool community around stargazing. I don't know if that's an Irish thing or a global thing or what. Yeah, around the country. like We have Meet Astronomy Group here. So there's a few of us, and we just get together whenever we can, which unfortunately isn't very often, what with COVID and stuff like that. And even if that, even if that wasn't around, it's just the weather yes clouds rain just yeah depressing stuff but um there's different groups all around the country and um, they'll all have their own little facebook pages as well um, and then there's star parties in various parts of the country every year so um I, there's one over in mayo uh westport that i went to a few years ago i haven't been able to get back to it since what's uh, a star party a star party you just get a people a lot of people from all over the country get together for a weekend and try and do a bit of stargazing and just talk about everything, you know, star-related, space-related. So the one I go to now every year is Skelligs down, Balanced Skelligs down in County Kerry. And it's on, we have it on in August every year. We've been running, it's been running for the last, what, six, seven years? Is that? In the, is there a dark sky reserve down there? Yes, is that yeah. there? Okay. So we have it down there. We re- take over a hostel, basically, for a weekend, and we set the telescopes out the back garden. So now there's been, we go down on a Friday, it finishes up on a Sunday, um, some years you might not get very much stargazing you might get five minutes the last time we were down there two years ago and we got the Friday and the Saturday night and it was fantastic you can go out and see the Milky, Milky Way with your with your naked eye and it's just amazing you could just sit there all night and just watch it it is just beautiful so guys if you ever get a chance to go down to Kerry uh, go down to Balanskelix uh, down to the hostel down there and uh, just have a look up at the sky it's just amazing um, the pictures just and just great to see all the scopes and you get all the lads and we have a bit of crack we're always talking about something space related we also they also organize excuse my english organize some speakers to come down do some talks uh, a few years ago there we had a lady uh kimberly i forget her surname she was one of the lead uh, investigators or science heads uh with the um, pluto mission oh wow. so it had only it had only been at uh, pluto probe had only been at Pluto about six months previous to that she, so she came and she was telling us what they had discovered and what they thought and what questions they still had to answer uh, with regards to, to that and that was a fantastic fantastic talk and um, then we've a few uh, folks like Pete Williamson he's a science um, outreach I'm not sure what his, his official title would be but he goes around the country does talks like an like educator that. kind of a Neil deGrasse Tyson type yeah, yeah 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 yeah. so if you're listening Pete <laughs> keep up the good work uh, so he's great um, he does lots of stuff and he's he's been over to, to, to Skellis a couple of times and like fair play to him he lives over in Wales it's a hell of a journey to get down to Skellix because they'll have to get the flight the plane over to, to Dublin and take the train or the bus whatever it is to get down to Skellix and it's a, it's a long long way it's like five six hours in the car and multiply that by two if you have kids yeah <laughs> so, of course but it's great now look you know our kids have been coming down now for the last few years and they've gotten to, got to know other guys you know other folks kids down there so they make great friends down there so we just we all have a you know just a great weekend yeah no it's, it's great it's so, great to have that kind of community around anything really Yeah, because like, like even growing up 
there was nobody I knew that was into astronomy. Nobody. And I knew there was a couple of lads there that, you know, that would, uh, they would kind of tease me over it. Do you know what I mean? Kind of being the geek, the nerd, but it's just what I was into. Didn't drink, didn't smoke. This was my, this was my voice. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. As voices go, it's not a bad one now, to be <laughs> no. fair. Although, yeah, as you get older and you, you know, you see more scopes and you just have to have it. <laughs> you know, what's the, you see the joke sometimes online, you know, teach your kids to get into astrophotography because then when they grow up, they won't have money for drugs or alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to keep buying telescopes and cameras. <laughs> Are you uh, patiently awaiting, uh, what's it called? Is it the Webb Telescope? The James Webb, yes. yes. I think it's launching in October. If uh, if it's not getting pushed back again, I think it's been, been pushed back for years. Yes, but it's going to be fantastic. Like it'll see planets orbiting around other uh, other suns, so it's going to be fantastic. They'll probably even be able to detect detect their atmospheres and see what um, see what they're made up of. If there's any biosignatures, so signs of life on uh, these planets. So I'm currently reading a book called The Smallest Stars in the Universe, and it's about this lady. Um, and it was this is what she did. She was trying to discover. Um, planets around other stars um and coming up with new ideas to de- to de- detect the um atmospheres if it could be if it could possibly be done so I'm, i've only just started it so uh, so it's a in- very interesting read i'd say so mm. so what you have me thinking there is if we were x amount of light years or whatever away from earth how would we how uh, would we be seen yes yeah that would be very interesting who who knows? Um, and is it the colour of light that they're going to yeah. dig into, or yeah, when the sun when it tran- see the, what they'll have to do is they'll have to wait for a, a planet to transit the sun. So in other words, like an eclipse of its star. So it passes by a star that's so we're on Earth. Then there's the planet, and it's crossing a star that's kind of behind it. Yes. Okay. Um, so they'll be able to. The first they need to do is block out the light from the actual star so they can see the planet and the light that comes through its atmosphere, um, like a rainbow. So so certain uh, gases in the atmosphere will interfere with the spec the spectrograph that they see of the of you know the different colours that come through. Yeah, the kind of light signature is that. What yeah, it, yeah. So so different gases interact and some will block out certain. Um, uh, some of them will block out certain parts of that spectrum yes. so they'll know what gases are present and what gases are not so if they can find something like methane they can exactly. be fairly sure that there's definitely life on the planet yeah exactly okay cool um, it's kind of mind blown that they can actually this, this is what she was saying the, the, the title of the book was very at the smallest lights in the universe because they're trying to look at you know something like the size of a pinhead from maybe the other side of the planet you know what I mean yeah I heard something mad oh, I, I probably misquote this but is it the James Webb telescope that will be able to detect the heat signature of a bumblebee a hundred billion light years away or something? Oh, like, it's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's, like. it's just mad. It'll be so sensitive. And, uh, you know, it's being pushed back and pushed back. And we just hope that it doesn't end up having a problem like the way the Hubble started yes. it when, it's, when it was launched and they, they realised that the mirror was out of focus or somebody had... There was imperial and metric measurements. And so when they built it, they... Mi- you know they 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 mixed them up, so when they got it up and said, "Right here, have a look at that star, see what you can see," and it was just blurred. <laughs> NASA sending the fucking sending the most advanced telescope that ever been created into fucking space to to study the far reaching ends of the galaxy, and someone got their inches and millimeters yeah, mixed up. Mad. So it ended up needing glasses. 
So they yeah. So they got it. But in fairness, they got it fixed. Yeah. So, what was it? They, they launched it. 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 They were waiting for the images. The images all came back blurry as fuck. They yeah. knew something was wrong, and they had to do an actual spacewalk and go out and yeah. tweak it basically. Yeah. And got it. And got it. Working. And got it running. Yeah. But this. So, how much more powerful will this be over Hubble? Because Hubble has been not the only telescope, but. The, no, there's, had, there's nothing else in we've comparison. We've had Spitzer, to and that's that's gone now. That's um, what was what was that Spitzer? Spitzer, yeah, I think that um, I'm not sure exactly what that what its mission was. Was it looking for exoplanets? And sorry, is Webb's is Webb's uh, is Webb's whole thing exoplanets? Is that its main focus? I think so. I'm, I'm not 100 percent okay. sure, but like I'm sure somebody will come up with you know another. I'm sure there's other proposals that'll be brought to whoever controls it yes. say listen we want to try this we want to try that and see see what they can, can do because there's plenty of things I'm sure that they can come up with um, like for Hubble that's I think that's out of order now at the minute Only Hubble recently, is? yeah some glitch has put it into safe mode so they can't seem to fix it but then that somebody still, has to hit the reset button <laughs> yeah, <laughs> switch, try switching it off and switching it back <laughs> on again <laughs> That'd be an interesting conversation to be having at NASA. Jesus. Um, yeah, so that'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But yeah, I think we're all watching and waiting to see how, how the James Webb, I think it'll be the most anticipated launch for, for many years. Yeah, big time. Yeah, the, big whole, time. the whole science and space community now will be watching this. So will I. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Mm. And presumably it'll be able to look at things far closer, like, I don't know, Jupiter, let's say, but at far more detail. Oh, yeah. Oh, and is there is there much to be said for that? Like, I mean, like the pictures that I've seen of Jupiter online, say, mm. I often wonder, and it's the same for any kind of celestial object, uh, celestial object that I see online. <clears throat> a lot of them are, they're not photographs, like they're not composites. A lot of them are kind of artist impressions, are they? Or are they actual straight up pictures? It depends. Um, some, like for planets, it's fairly straightforward. Take a picture, it's fine. Because, they're quite close to the sun. Um, so they're so kind of lit quite, up. Yeah, they're lit up. They're quite bright. So they're fairly, yeah, they're fairly okay. Sometimes what you'll do is, like for us amateurs, we would take, uh, you could take a couple of hundred pictures. And what you do is you put them into your computer. You, you have special programs. And basically what they do is they would stack the images. Yes. They would take out all the rubbish ones. So some of them might be blurred due to atmospheric distortion. So it'll spot all that. It'll take them out and put, let's say, you take a hundred pictures, it'll take the best 20 of them put them together and give you a final image and then you can take it into another program once you've done that and tweak it a little bit so it's not as blurred here and there so it's still in essence still a one picture yes it's just put them all together um so you're it's it's some people would say it's cheating other other would say it's not so but for the likes of galaxies and stuff like that you have to do that you have to take lots of photographs you have to stack them and tweak them Sometimes you'd have to add a little bit of colour just so you can see them better and see more detail. Um, then there's other cameras that'll take the a picture in different wavelengths. You'll get um, some pictures that you'll have from ground-based telescopes, others from Hubble, and they'll take them at different wavelengths like infrared, ultraviolet, visible, and they'll put them together. And the, the detail you can you can pick out then by just doing that. Yes. But whereas just using one wavelength, you just don't get all the detail. Um, like, uh, is it... Infrared uh, is great for looking through dust clouds in space so you can see what's behind them. So that would be great for looking at the centre of the galaxy because you can't see the centre of the galaxy because it's obscured by dust. So they shoot pictures in infrared to see what's there. So there's a black hole there. Um, is that the black hole that we've recently taken that photo of? Is that our own black hole? 
Uh, the I milk. can't remember, to be honest. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I really can't. Presumably it is, because it's bound to be the closest one, is it? Because it it's, e- be clo- oh, it's yeah. either that one or one that's way further away. Yeah, it could be one way for way further away, but I, again, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I just remember reading about it, but just, you know, like sometimes some of the details just don't sink in. Of I course, just, yeah, Jesus. My mind was just blown at the fact that they got the picture. Yes. And that movie, and that was only, what, two years ago, and the movie Interstellar was out maybe four or five years ago, and they had done their homework and they predicted that this is exactly what it would look like and when the when the actual picture of a real black hole came out that was it it was exactly as the one in interstellar in the movie interstellar yeah. so it was uh, yeah it was fantastically well done cuz that's the other really cool thing about astronomy like it was only a wet week ago when they were proven to exist was it like like they were kind of did i don't know who the first person to hypothesize black holes was but it wasn't that long ago and it was only far more recently that we actually proved their existence then we proved was it hawkins theory that not everything was sucked into them that there was is it called hawkins radiation hawkins that radiation, comes out sort of right talking ra- yeah radiation now again i don't know the whole the full details of yeah of yeah all that now um but, but yeah. the, the idea being that it's it's, it's new it's it's not like when i was Here's one for you. When I was a kid, you were astronomy mad, but I was dinosaur mad. Fucking dinosaurs all day long. <laughs> just obsessed over them. I wanted to be a paleontologist from as far back as I can mm. remember. And it's funny because, ironically enough, Jurassic Park ended up coming out. And then people had asked me, you know, what did you want to be when you grow up? And I'd say a paleontologist, like I've been saying for the last, you know, number of years. Yeah. And they go, oh, you saw Jurassic Park. And I go, oh, fuck you. Do you know what <laughs> But the, one of the reasons that I kind of fell out with paleontology was because I just kind of had this feeling that I'd missed out. We discovered all the dinosaurs and we knew everything that there was to know. Yeah. But you're the golden age of paleontology was the last five years. I know, like, I was just know? going to say that. Yeah, they found so many new different species and but stuff the, like that. The field practically only started 10 yeah. years ago in comparison. Yeah. And there's something similar about astro- astro- astronomy because mm. Hubble blew everything out of the water. Yeah. But sure, this web thing that hasn't even launched yet is going to do that and I more. I know, the like. anticipation is just, yeah, just can't wait for it. So, yeah, it'll just be fantastic. We can't just, we just, I'd just be afraid, you know, you insure this thing and you stick it up on a rocket and the fucking thing explodes. And you yeah, imagine. Jesus. <laughs> Do they make two of them? Hardly. No, the cost of it. Like yeah, colossal. It's already like, and it's overrun its budget by millions or billions already at this stage. So they, I'm sure they're just, just keen to get it finished and get it up there. And what will they get it up in? Is it, like, what do they use these days? Saturn V is retired, has it? Or uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because you wouldn't want the new one to be bringing it up. (laughs) (laughs) Elon Musk, are you listening? (laughs) I know. Bezos is is going up himself as well, isn't he? At some stage, yeah. Hopefully he stays. (laughs) (laughs) But but even that, that kind of space tourism, has has What's-His-Face sent Anthony into space yet? Um, Virgin Branson? Richard Branson, I don't know. I'm I'm not hugely... It's interesting, but at the same time, it's it's not it's not that interesting. They're just trying to build better better planes, basically, just to take you into space. You know that kind of way. Yes, yeah, it's, of course. Yeah, they're just. Yeah. It's not it's not a frontier, say it's. Yeah, it's a frontier yeah. of tourism. It, yeah, for the rich. Yes, the, this, yeah, yeah of course. Rich. Yes, yeah, for us poor Joe soaps, yeah, <laughs> never never happened. But there's something cool about it though, because presumably the first person to make a transatlantic flight was the equivalent of a billionaire. Yeah, do you, do you know that kind of yeah, way? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so there's, there's there's kind of that aspect of it. 
So what's your what's your preferred thing to like if if you could click your fingers and have perfect conditions to look at anything, what would it be or oh, what galaxies? Really, yeah. yeah I love galaxies and uh, star clusters. Just you could just look at star clusters for hours. Just so many different stars. Um, the only problem with, with visually observing galaxies is sometimes they're not. You know, look as I was saying earlier, they're 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 not highly visible. True, visual you need wavelength. to stack the photos. Yeah, you need to stack the photos okay. to get good. Like the Andromeda Galaxy now would be a perfect example. You can see that which are with the unaided eye in in the dark sky. Um, even even if you go outside at night time, and I live in the middle of Navan Town, so uh, and I can still see it once you know where to look. But it's not great. But once you start looking through binoculars and looking through a telescope, you'll see a lot lot more. Um, but it's when you start taking photogra- long exposure photographs that you start seeing some detail, some yes. spiral structure and stuff like that. Because so. there's a funny crossover between astronomy and photography there, though, isn't there? Like oh, you, yeah. you kind of get to a point and like astronomy will only get you so far and mm. you have to, st- to kind of bolster it with photography, with long exposure and stacking and different things. Well, yeah, there's a lot of people that wouldn't be interested in in photography but it seems to have taken off in the last few years with you know with the DSLRs digital cameras um, and and because everything then is just so easy to you just you know take the photograph and you can see your results straight away rather than you know the old camera film film cameras yes where you'd be waiting you know weeks days or weeks to get your results and you get them back and you're like oh for god's sake <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Rubbish. three weeks of work and waiting and yeah, they're not and great waste. yeah exactly um but yeah, like there's some people who just like to do visual observing and that's, you know, that's fine. That's what we all did as kids, just visual observing and we're still, you know, we're still interested. But you just like to take something away, I think, when you're looking at something. You want to kind of, you want to show other people why why you're so interested in, in yes. astronomy. Yeah, because yeah, like I saw, as I said, that Neowise comet last year. But I never even had the thought in my head to take my phone out of my pocket and just take a picture yeah, of it. And, and I would have, I would, I'd love to have had that, like, yeah, to, to, yeah, to have yeah. it now. You're not going to worry. But there's something, I don't know, there's something cool about, and I think it's what drives the kind of astronomy community. There's something cool about bringing people in. Mm. Like, a lot of niches are, they're kind of exclusive. They're, they're kind of, you know, the less people that know about this, the better. But oh, astronomy yeah. really books that trend. It's all about kind of, yeah, get people, people in, in and yeah, get people looking up and because a lot of people are just so, um, what's the word? Um, I can't remember what the word is, but they just they just worry about the, the the world that they're in and what's going on around them. But they just don't think to look up. Yes, there's a lot more going on above their heads than they'll ever know. Do you know what I mean? And and when you look, if you were able to look at at, at Earth from from uh, very very far away. Um, like Carl Sagan, I can't now paraphrasing here, but his his take there was a famous picture called the pale blue dot. Yes, and it was taken from from the orbit of Saturn. Yeah, Voyager was it? Yes, and it was just a tiny little picture, a tiny little pale blue dot, and that was Earth. And basically, he just said every person you've ever known, ever loved, every dictator, every king, queen, every famous person, the entire human planet has lived here. You know, people fighting over you know, bits of land, going to war over stupid little things. And we've all lived and died in that little thing. How insignificant we are and we're still in our own solar system. Do you know what I mean? It just It's just tiny. So, you know, what goes on in the world just, it doesn't, it doesn't matter in the long run. No, not at all. It, it really, that pic, I know the picture you're talking about, yeah. the, the pale blue dot suspended in a sunbeam or something yeah, like exactly that. Yeah, exactly. He's a class, Carl Sagan is some great monologues, but that's probably yes. the pick of them. Like. Yes, it is. Um, 
the cool thing, I suppose, about um, the perspective end of things, and this this is something that kind of blows my mind, and I'd love to hear your take on it, is as just regular normal people, we we can deal with tens, we can deal with hundreds, we can deal with thousands. Millions are a bit of a struggle, but we can kind of get there. Mm. But when you start talking about light years and then billions of light years, it just kind of gets a bit, ah. Yeah. Just the, the insignificance. Like our own, like our sun is what? A, is it a million times bigger than Earth or something like that? Oh, yeah, something. There, some, there, yeah, something it's just bad, yeah. too, too Huge. big to get your head around. And the solar system is obviously probably a couple of million times bigger than it. But our solar system is infinitesimally small in mm. comparison to just the thing that's beside us. Like, I, I, I suppose a, 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 maybe a bit of a curveball question, but have you any sense of, of how big it is or a good way of explaining to people how big it is? Because I, I think people, myself included, just are at a loss to the size of the place. Like, of, of, like our solar system in the galaxy. But, but our, our solar system, the Milky Way, like the, I think our solar system is incomprehensibly big. Mm. But the Milky Way is... A, yeah, million times bigger than that, across. and our our Milky Way is only—it's not even a speck in no, yeah. everything else. It's part of a larger, it's part of part of a larger cluster. There's a great video just to give you a comparison of sizes. Um, there's I can't remember the the, the the title on the video on YouTube, and just a, a star size comparison. If you type that in, you probably come across. I have it. seen it. It just it, I can't get my head around. Yeah, it. I've watched it. I don't know how many yeah, times. Yeah, Karina star makes our sun look like the earth is to the sun. Yes. It just makes, it's just a little pinprick compared to it. Like, and you wonder how the hell can something so big even exist? It is truly massive. It would take something like 50,000 years just to fly around it in a plane once. Um, the nearest star, I think I only read this yesterday. If you were to drive to uh, the nearest star, which is Alpha Centauri, it would take you 52 million years. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that just just crazy? Just to drive to it. If That's what I'd stop him for petrol. <laughs> <laughs> Something crazy like that. It's just yeah. There's just so many yeah. Traveling traveling to to the nearest star even is just. At the moment, you just need a new type of physics or something to be able to to get there. Um, like conventional rockets, yeah, you won't do that. You'd have to like they're talking about light sails. Um, a light sail a light sail so sending let's say a probe not with a, a propulsion engine but some sort of well a, a light sail so basically it takes the light from the sun just like the wind in a sail yes. exactly the same and just pushes that on so I was looking at something or reading something recently and I can't remember if they it was just basically this is what we'll do to get to Alpha Centauri in a, in a reasonable amount of time they were talking like a couple of decades um, using a light sail but I can't remember did they have maybe a small propulsion engine on it to get it going to maybe get it, or... yeah, to k- kind of kick start it to get it going but it would build up speed for 50 years or something something or maybe it was 20 years something like that anyway but it would get there do its thing and send back the signal or try and try and come back in a, in a reasonable like a human lifespan yes basically what they were talking about so I don't know whether that's a, a reality or it was just a kind of a thought experiment yeah. but it was interesting enough but you know to, to for something to last that long to build up speed I think it had to build up speed to about halfway there and then it would have to spend the, the other half slowing down oh, of course because you would, wanted it would, to stop yeah, they were trying to get it to a fraction of the speed of light even a fraction um, is, is a considerable speed yes I actually saw <laughs> something cool recently about the 
about the speed of light. Again, another YouTube video. I think it was it was something like how fast the speed of light is, but how slow the speed of light is, and it showed it showed a plane circumnavigating the Earth mm. at the speed of light. So it was just going, you know, it was like you couldn't see it. It was, yeah. and it was a great vis- visualization of how incredibly fast the speed of light is. Yeah. It goes around the the speed of light off the top of my head goes around the Earth. I don't know five times a second. Yeah, or something, something like that. Yeah, insanely, um, insanely fast. And then it showed a, a representation of light. So just a little dot traveling from the earth to the moon and back two and a half and it, seconds or something yeah so two and a half seconds to the moon two and a half seconds back and you're watching it going okay right fair enough and then it showed it going from earth to the sun mm. which is i think eight minutes yes and it just made me think if you were to watch that visualization of a dot representing light traveling from earth to the sun on a tv screen it'd be an eight minute long video of this little dot moving from earth to the sun mm. and then you realize <clears> that the distance from the Earth to the Sun is only tiny, so in a on a cosmic scale, life light is actually quite slow. Yes, it is. So like to, get to Mars, I think it's like six six minutes or something like that. Right, half something. Yeah. So you you know if you're on the phone, you'd be an awful delay waiting for somebody <laughs> to reply. Um, so like to get to the other end of the the solar system is is a few light hours, like maybe ten hours or something like seven to ten hours or something like that. Uh, you know, light speed. I think Jupiter is about five light hours away. And that, again, that's obviously just within our tiny little solar yeah. system. So, so we're not seeing we're not seeing Jupiter as it is this very second. We're seeing it as it was five hours ago. Yes, uh, we're seeing the moon as it was two and a half seconds ago. We're seeing the sun as it was eight and a half minutes ago. So if the sun suddenly just vanished, went out like a light bulb. Like, yeah, well, like went went out like a light bulb. We wouldn't know about it for eight and a half minutes because the sun would still be shining for eight and a half minutes and then just blackness. Incredible. Um, and. The likes of galaxies that are millions of light years away. We're not seeing them now as they are. We're seeing them as they were. So the Andromeda galaxy, for example, we're seeing it now as it was two two million years ago. So I love stuff like that. So basically you're looking into the past when you look at the sky. Oh, you're looking back in time. Yeah, exactly. Looking back in time. And I love that. You, you love this. You've probably heard it now, but it, it's worth repeating for people who don't know it. If you were, again, it's just another thought experiment. I love these thought experiments. Yeah, so you just I. get the, the mind humming. Like. Mm. So... If you were 65 million light years away, if you could click your fingers and oh, be yeah. 65 million light years away, look back through a telescope at Earth, you'd literally see the dinosaurs. Yes. Like that to me is just fucking incredible. Well, see, 65 million years ago, you'd, you'd be able to watch, you'd be able to witness the asteroid The, the asteroid, could, yeah, you'd, literally, you'd be able to watch it live. Yes. Yeah, if you could go far enough away and had a big enough telescope, yeah, you could do that. Be fantastic, wouldn't it? That kind of stuff. I could just, I could just talk about that kind of stuff forever. <laughs> like, uh, speaking of thought experiments and exoplanets, um, aliens. We can't talk about astronomy <laughs> without talking about aliens. What's your own take on? I'm sure you're familiar with the Fermi paradox, and that there has to be. Yeah, there has to be. But where, yeah, where are they? Where exactly? <laughs> Who knows? But they're not here anyway. <laughs> Jeez, would you want to come here? Because they'd probably just kill you. What do you make actually of all that? Because there's been a lot of noise recently over the last month or two about UFOs. Actually, there was something in the news there yeah, this week on Sky News, just on looking at the app about UFOs. I can't. I I, I, did, I just kind of skipped over. I just went, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't believe in UFOs as as aliens. UFOs, unidentified flying objects. Yes, as in. Let's say American pilots have seen a UFO. It's probably something Russian or. Do you know what I mean? The Chinese you know, or Indian yeah, or God some, knows yeah, what it is. Yeah, trying out some new uh, new technology. That's all it is. 
why would you take you know something and and fly it in broad daylight uh you know to be seen by by humans you know it just doesn't make sense to me uh, I don't believe in the abductions. I just believe in people, you know. <gasps> what? Yeah, just don't believe in all that. You know, Area 51, I just believe that's just, you know, a secret base for, for trying out new technology over in the States. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't subscribe to the whole alien abductions. Why would you, why would you abduct us, honestly? Yeah, above, above all people. <laughs> yeah, like, why would you come here? We're just, we're always fighting, you know, there's never never any peace there's always something going on we're, we're never happy um yeah just you it, just watch from a distance it's a great thought experiment though and i was listening to i think your man neil degrasse tyson um he was on a podcast with uh, sam harris i think and he was asked do you think there's life on other planets and he took issue with the question which i thought was cool he goes you're you're putting your own bias into that. The only reason that you're interested in whether there's life on other planets is because you live on a planet. Mm. But there's no reason to believe that there wouldn't be life on a moon yeah, or on sure. a... Where else would there be life? A comet maybe or God knows what. Well, who knows, I suppose. Yeah, it could be life anywhere. We just... we Yeah, like he said, the bias, because we live on a planet, yeah, and we're, we're adapted to live on the planet. But who's to say, you know, life could be adapted to live on a moon or, you know, under the surface of a moon or, um, you know, a comet or, you know, anything. Would you be hopeful, you that might be closer to this to me, that there could be life on, is it Europa? Is Europa? Oh, yeah, I'd be, yeah. I'm really keen to see how that goes because, yeah, it's a thick layer of ice and, and from the way the ice moves, they know that there has to be an ocean underneath it. But whether there's life underneath that, nobody knows yet. So, And is, is there plans to send something to it to drill down or, or do you know? Um, I have read about it, read about plans, but whether that's anything concrete yes. just yet, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. I've kind of seen stuff myself, but again, I think it's all kind yeah, of pie in the sky stuff. decades, I'd yes. say, at least a decade before they'd, they'd you know, be anywhere near to doing, to doing that. cost an absolute fortune and to design and build you know, a machine that's going to be able to drill down through probably a couple of kilometres of ice. Yes. You know what I mean? Because it's going to be very, you know, it's going to be like glaci- glaciers, glaciers um, to drill through before you could uh, reach it. But they might, they might find a crevice that they can um, exploit. Yeah, where, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it'd be fantastic to, to, to find uh, life, even if it's only, you know, an, an organism. Oh, yeah. Very careful with that word. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, even if they only found organisms, you know, but but the, I do believe in 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 life elsewhere in the universe. But what I would agree with is is that there may life may be common in the universe, but in, but intelligent life would yes. be incredibly would be even incredibly rarer still. So of course, because even on our own planet, we've had life for hundreds of millions of years. Yeah, but we've only much. had quote unquote intelligent life for mm. you know hundred thousand or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Europa goes. Um, yeah. So and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but even as we were saying at the outset, though, like even finding methane on another planet, or like one thing I've often wondered is if they ever found, like, if they found a piece of coal on Mars, mm. do you know, like something like that, like yeah. you know, that mightn't be life on the planet now, but there could be proof that it was packed full of life at a previous Million, time, yeah, millions of years ago. Yeah. Have you thought either way on whether? Uh, Earth was seeded by life. So the idea being that whatever started life initially on Earth 
came from a, a comet or an asteroid or, or yeah that's I think that's called panspermia pa- okay panspermia I think that's what's yeah so where life came in from you know like a, a comet or a, an asteroid that hit the earth and started that way I couldn't tell now I'm not a scientist so like the jury's for me and, and I just wouldn't know now on that one yeah yeah um, but yeah I think that's that's the, the theory of, of that it's called span, panspermia I think that's panspermia what, yeah, cool I think that's what it's called <laughs> um, where else so with we were saying astronomy and photography. Is there other angles to it? Like I suppose when you get it, when you get into the nitty gritty end of things, that the the light spectrum and all that. Do you go in that deep or no? No, no. I just I'm I'm more of a visual with a with a more than past slightly more than passing interest in in uh, photography the pho- photography end of it, but mostly visual for me. Right. Um, and have you ever been involved in because like, there's. Or maybe there's not. You'll tell me now if there is or there isn't. There's things that amateur astronomers can kind of get involved in, kind of global efforts. Oh, yeah, 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 there is. There's a few. I, I did them a few years ago and then kind of gave up. There's like the one from SETI where you you can um, use your computer. They use your computer basically to um, analyse radio signals from space. Okay, that said, that's the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. intelligence yeah. Yes. So so they do that and they just they put all people's millions of people doing it across the planet. Um, there's other ones then to classify and identify different types of galaxies. So you've got spiral galaxies, you've got barred spiral gar- galaxies, you've just got different shapes, different sizes. And then when they were doing these surveys, they found there was other kinds of um, uh, galaxy types or other types of odd things that were coming up on pictures and they were trying to figure out what is this. Um, so people were looking at them and you know they'd say, well, you know, this is a bar, this is a bar, this is a spiral, spiral don't know what that that is so they'd send it off um so i remember there a few years ago they what did they find i think they call it hanny's vorwip she was a dutch dutch lady dutch school teacher and she found this thing and she was like what's this because it's not a galaxy or it doesn't look like a galaxy and it turns out it was a it was a light echo uh from a star light echo. a light echo yeah traveling between between one galaxy and the other or something like that it was just it was very odd to, to look at what the fuck is a light echo I think it was just light that had been travelling through space but had hit an area of dust and it just lit up the dust. And oh, that's wow. all it was. Yeah, it was just, it was very, very weird to see. I think it was, it was. I think they had it coloured green or it was green on the on the photographs. This is a guy going back about maybe seven years ago or something like that. So she became famous because of this. So that'll be her claim to fame now. She just discovered something unusual that hadn't been seen before. Class, because there was, I remember a couple of years ago, you, again, you might know more about this, but um, was there an Irish astronomer who had his scope pointed at Jupiter and saw, was it a comet land into it or something? Oh, John, yeah. Um, oh, fuck, you yeah. might know a bit about it. <laughs> oh, John, yeah. Come on, John. John sorry, 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 John, you'll have to forgive me. Um, yes, he had his comet, his comet, his telescope pointed at, and he had noticed that something had hit Jupiter. So it would, obviously would have been a comet because um, you could see the impact of as it hit the, the clouds coming up, so like kind of like a mushroom cloud. Yes, I had seen the photograph, but again, it's a few years ago now. So yeah, John, John, oh, I've forgotten the surname. I'm sorry, John, he's going to kill well, me. <laughs> I'm only thinking now, but it's funny because I heard that story years ago. I've talked about it a couple of times, but it's only now that it's actually coming to mind because Jupiter is a gas planet. How was it hit? I mean, right. So so Jupiter is yeah, it's a gas planet, so it doesn't have a solid surface. So when something like that hits it, it hits it at speed. Um, oh, it may as well be a solid surface kind of yeah. thing, is it? So as you go further down into the planet, through through the cloud layers, 
it eventually just gets thicker and thicker and thicker and thicker. So it's like the consistency of water and then it's kind of like custard and then it's like cement. Then it's like, sol- you know, nearly like solid concrete at that okay, stage. Okay, so it does have a certain solidity to it, say. You still couldn't call it a solid surface. It's just, yeah, yeah. it's hard to describe. Nobody's ever seen, seen one, do you know what I mean? So yeah, of course. You just, you know, like if you were to fall into it, eventually you get to a point where you'd just be hanging there do you know that kind of way like you were almost in water If well you'd be crushed anyway but still the pressure would crush it to yeah of course because that's what happened because they've sent a couple of probes in over the years haven't they and yeah. that's ultimately what finishes them they just get crushed a bit yeah, they, they, they sent a probe years ago to uh, Saturn the uh, Huygens satellite or probe and um, after it came to its, its end they um Sent it down towards Saturn, so it burned up in the atmosphere. Right. Um, so it wouldn't it wouldn't contaminate the the planet. Not that it would do very much anyway. I don't think, but they just they yeah they just sent it off to its death. Right, so right. It just burned up. Cool. There's, there's something akin to what the the Vikings used to put you on a raft. Yeah, and yeah, kind of yeah. Push kind of out, when you like, look at you know, it like that, yeah, yeah, very good. That is Vikings cool. Vikings death on Jupiter so my I have a, a picture in my mind's eye of Jupiter and it's got that uh, red, iconic red dot red spot yeah which I believe is a storm yeah about three times the size of Earth fucking hell um, am I right in saying that that has decreased in size or will vanish eventually I've heard it's decreased in size over the last few years but nobody can tell you whether really for definite if it's going to disappear because it's been around for about 300 odd years at least okay because I think it's been around since Galileo struck his telescope up to the sky yes you know I mean? since, since, since at least then so God knows and it's so it's a, a the, the red dot on, on Jupiter but <coughs> when, when we look at a, let's say a hurricane on Earth we get that kind of spiral that kind of circular mm-hmm. thing is that pretty much what it is yeah okay yeah. what makes it red do you know I don't it's, it I must be to do with the chemicals or, or the, the gases that are in the atmosphere okay. Um, but if you look, so so if in your mind's eye, you have an image of what Jupiter looks like. Now, if you go online and look up, let's say, Juno, uh, which is a, a probe that's orbiting um, Jupiter at the moment, Jupiter, Im, or Juno, Jupiter images, the detail you will see, and it will completely blow your mind and change your image of how you see it, because you're actually seeing what it's like close up because most of the pictures you've seen of Jupiter are from very very far away like from yeah oh, any picture that I can think of I can see the whole all of Jupiter yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. that shows you how zoomed out you must be yeah so if you look up Juno images and what you can do online is you can go onto sites I'm not sure what sites they are exactly and you can you can download the images the raw di- data images from that probe so they're made available for free and you can process them so like I was saying you can kind of tweak them and you can add in colour, you can take away colour and just enhance the detail and it's just wow. You think your mind is blown now? You have to have a look. Check it out at some stage. Oh, I've just seen some of them. There's a chap, again, Pete Williamson, I have to mention, he's done some of the, he's done some images and I'm just, I just sit there for ages just gawking at it because <laughs> the detail, it's like looking at a, a, um, a rough sea with just okay. loads of different colours. It's just the atmosphere and it's just... Millions of little storms, just all over the planet. It's just amazing. It's it's like looking at um, you know, one of those snow globes. Yes. Filled with different types of liquid, and you give it a shake, and it's just wow. Class. It's, yeah, it's amazing. So if you ever get a chance to have a look, do. What stops now? Again, stop me if I'm 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 
if I'm steering away too far from what it is that you're actually into, but mm. if Jupiter is as massive as it is mm-hmm. and it's it's primarily gas, why hasn't it collapsed in on itself to create a ball of liquid? It's still not... Well, if it was bigger, maybe two or three times bigger than it is now, it could collapse in and itself and become a, a, a brown dwarf star type of star. Okay. Um, but it's just not that big. Do brown dwarfs, just as a matter of interest, do they emit light? Uh, very little. Okay. More, I think, in the infrared right. spectrum. So, so they're, it, they're, it would emit a lot of heat, but not yeah, light, exactly, Yeah, exactly. So like a born in ember, basically. Yes. Um, and there's plenty of them around the galaxy. They haven't spotted... They've spotted quite a few, but, you know, they're dotted around. Um, but it's good for us that Jupiter is the way it is because it, if there's, let's say, a, a rogue comet heading for us, Jupiter's gravity would disturb it, pull it towards Jupiter and pull it away from us. Yes, I've heard that, that it's like it's Earth's big brother in the, yeah, the solar yeah, system, yeah. So basically. It looks after us, yeah, There was one there, there was a comet passed by it, uh, Hale-Bopp in 93, 94, and it broke up I saw that with my dad, yeah, it, yeah, And it broke up in, over Jupiter and uh, the, the, it uh, crashed into the planet but there was a load of, you could see a trail of, of where it had hit, just big black dots where it hit the atmosphere and exploded. It was fantastic. Savage. But uh, I'd love to see now, if that happened again, you know, because now we have like Juno, the Juno probe orbiting uh, Jupiter, we'd see so much more detail. It would be just, be a ringside seat basically. Yeah, of course, of course. When, when, when that happened back in 93, 94, we had to wait for the Hubble, we had to wait for the planet to rotate so the Hubble was looking at it but it hit the the far side of the planet. We had to wait a few hours for it to to come around, so we could uh, could see what damage had been done. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, so, speaking of galactic shit flying towards <laughs> Earth, um, how? Because I've often heard of the solar system being described as a shooting gallery. Mm. That there's stuff, and it was only was it maybe within the last two or three years. And it seems to be happening more regularly that you'll hear something on the news that, oh, something the size of, you know, America just went whizzing past us and we didn't know anything about it until 15 minutes ago. Um, What's your take on us getting hit by something of sufficient size? Because it's bound to happen at some stage, or is it? Yeah, we will will get hit again at some stage. Now, early in the... the, the the solar system's formation, there would have been a lot of stuff flying around and we would have been hit constantly. That's the early bombarded. bombardment, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. We would have been bombarded then. And so just over the, the years, over the millions of years, the planets going around have just kind of collected all these bits that are floating around and, you know, they've crashed into the planets and been done away with, basically. They've kind of cleared out their orbits, basically. Exactly, yeah. So, so there's still some flying around and, and you know, some bits will still come come flying our way like there was that incident there in Chebolinsk in Russia a few years ago where I remember one that came through the atmosphere and blew out all the windows for yes. a few miles so that was yeah that was kind of a, a wake up call big time I remember seeing there's loads of footage of that yeah so I remember the there was a load of people injured and what happened was it came through the atmosphere it exploded in the atmosphere it didn't yeah. really hit did it hit the ground did much of it hit the ground it, bits and pieces of it yes. but it didn't actually yeah, it didn't actually hit in one big piece. It just blew blew itself apart. Yes, thankfully. Yes. But what happened from the perspective of the people on the ground was there was this massive flash 
in the sky it mm. lit up the whole place yeah. and of course everyone went to their windows and looked out and went yeah. oh look at that isn't that amazing yeah. and then whatever it was two or three minutes later poof, the yep, fucking windows away. came in on them like <laughs> Jesus, yeah, but wasn't else. there another one that hit Russia again why do, why do all these things <laughs> hit Russia oh the one in uh, the early in the 19th century yeah levels like so many hundred thousand acres of forest, forest like. yeah, yeah 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 incredible but stuff that like. I think they never found a crater a crater because again it exploded I think they reckon it exploded about 20 miles above ground but it was co- coming in at whatever angle it came in at it just exploded um, over over the forests and just blew everything for miles, miles. L- literally, yeah. literally, literally flattened, flattened everything everything yeah. yeah incredible stuff and I'd say the heat from that as well would have been something phenomenal how big was what finished the dinosaurs do you know like was it you know 10 miles across or no I think it was only it was a few it was metres right a couple of hundred metres not sure several metres several hundred metres but that's across. all like that's I mean all, yeah, in the grand only, scheme of things I was only watching a video there recently of um, a real time you can again find it on YouTube a real time uh, video of the asteroid coming in to 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 kill the dinosaurs 65 million years ago and then you get um, on the screen uh, what's it the temperature at various parts you know as it's blown out um, the wind speed the temperature um, oh, there, was, there was loads of d- different things and it was just it was fantastic just to, to, to look at there's some really cool visualisations yeah. on YouTube now isn't there yeah there is there's some fantastic stuff I saw one uh, only recently again I don't I think it's no, it's probably out a couple of years ago, so you probably have seen it. We all grew up in school with pictures in our books with the sun in the middle and then a, a circle that represented the Earth's mm. orbit and all the other planets' mm. or, orbit. And that's the picture that most people have in their mm. heads. This plane with the sun in the middle and all of us spinning through it. But this visualisation that I saw on YouTube had the sun travelling, so it's, it's, it's moving along as it orbits the black hole at the centre of our Milky Way. And all the other planets are following it. So instead of them going around it in circles, they're corkscrewing. I think it's, it's a heliocentrifugal thing. I'm not sure, but it was it was just it was so cool to see Earth instead of going around in circles, going in that corkscrew yeah, screw movement. I, yeah, I know which are yeah. And it was just like you you could have sat down and explained that to me for ten hours, and I probably would have kind of got you two seconds of a video, mm-hmm. and you're like. Everything just Habit. goes round each other. Like you got the Earth, the, the Sun. Sorry, the the Moon goes round the Earth. The Earth goes round the Sun. The Sun goes round the galaxy. And yes, and the galaxy, of course, is going round. Yeah. Or is it? Is it going round something? No, the, uh, it it travels in an, another a supercluster, the Virgo supercluster we're in. So there's loads of other galaxies all around us. Some are coming towards us, like Andromeda is coming towards us. So in a couple of billion years' time, that's set to collide with us. That's another thing I've seen that visualized. Yeah, <laughs> so cool to see because. I remember originally I had it in my head that it would hit us and we'd all just explode. Mm. But because it's so vast and there's far more empty space in both of them than anything, they kind of go through each other to a large degree. They will and they won't. Okay. But Andromeda has weight, like it's about twice the size of the Milky Way. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's, again, on if you look on YouTube or on the internet somewhere, there's a really high definition um, picture of part of the Andromeda galaxy. And you can see individual stars, and you just think, "Holy shit!" <laughs> Look at him out. You just—it's just wall-to-wall stars. Um, so you know something's going to hit. Uh, a lot of something is going to hit when the two of them eventually. Of course, collide. yes. For all the empty space, there's still a lot of there's still twice as many stars there as there is here. 
um, and then that's going to cause um, more star formations. Oh, just yeah, there's going to be a lot of banging going on. <laughs> and when that happens, because like, like, okay, that's so many millions of years away or whatever mm. it is. But presumably, because space is so big and there's so much stuff, presumably that's happening right now. It's kind of always happening. So like, when two galaxies collide, do they always create another galaxy? I mean, do the stars connect and become bigger stars or do they swallow themselves up in black holes or sometimes they do sometimes they don't sometimes some of them will graze off each other and that'll start off a lot of star formation where where stars are are brushing off each other Um, there's lots of gravitational effects Um, some will some will merge Uh, I think there's some theory that maybe we the Milky Way was part of was was two galaxies at one stage, and, and also we've already had our kind of collision. We may, we, yeah, we may have had read that somewhere once, um, and then, like I said, there there are other there are some pictures on the internet where you see two galaxies are are are, are merging, um, and some some they can tell by looking by again looking at the spe- spe- spectrography. I can't pronounce the word of of stars and galaxies. They can tell. You know, if these are some, you know, some of these are new, some of these are old. So that means they couldn't have been here at the beginning. So that means they've come from somewhere else. That means that they've they've collided. So it's two galaxies collided into one. Some of them will pass through each other, but uh, I don't know of any examples off the top of my head now of, of, of them. I know what you mean. Yeah, but that's another thing that I love about astronomy generally and astrophysics is that it's simple is the wrong word <laughs> but you know that it's it's kind of it's brass tacks it's it's basics like there, there's no there's very little subjectivity to it I mean it's like I love the way that you can if something happens like let's say Neowise they that was only discovered when they saw it last year wasn't it yeah. they didn't know anything about it but they were able to tell that it won't be they know it's orbit now because mm. they were able to look at it for five minutes and they can extrapolate from yeah. that. I love that the way that they can, like the way that you can just pick up your phone and know that on the twenty fifth of August, two thousand one hundred and seventy eight, there'll be a full moon. Yeah, because they just it's predictable. Yeah, and then if you if it's predictable into the future, you just wind the clock back and yeah. you can not predict, but you can see what has happened before. before you can yeah. kind of look back yeah. in time. Yeah, everything's like clockwork. Yes. Yeah. yeah, really, really big. But again, work. I love looking at pictures of galaxies and especially, you know, really detailed pictures that, that you can nearly see the, the individual stars. And I just think, you know, there's got to be planets around here. There's got to be life here somewhere. Yes. I'm looking at something here that has a star that has life around it other than Earth. I love that. I think that's just amazing. It just blows me, blows me mind. What's your thoughts on multiverses? Yeah, that's... That's a real mind bender. I don't know. Like I, I, all the, all the. It seems all the, um, the maths, all the greatest minds seem to to agree that there are more than one universe, and that our universe came into being because two other galaxies or two other universes may have collided. Oh the, fuck! That's new to me now. Yeah. Um, and so that's how our galaxy, or our, I keep saying galaxy, sorry, that's how our universe came into being, was two other universes collided or grazed off each other. Uh, I don't know what way that works now, what the mathematics is behind that, but that's, and there also seems to be evidence or mathematical evidence to say that, uh, that there may be nine or ten other 
um, dimensions. Her, yeah. No. Which? Sorry, dimensions. Dimensions. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, I'm looking for something like that. And that again just blows my mind. Just to know that you know we could be sitting here, and you know, millimeters away from us in another dimension, you and me are sitting here again, talking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. you'd open the door behind you now, and we'd be on a different planet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just stuff like that. It's just. It's amazing. I love all that now. I yeah. love all that. Yeah, I don't, don't know why. I don't know what draws me to it. It's the like. What is it? Do you think that? What is it fundamentally? Is it the? Is it the unknown? Is it the? Is it? Is, is that it? Is the it strangeness the of it? Because we're so used to our own world that you know to know to to think that there could be another world just like ours but slightly different. Yes. Um. And there was a program I never, I never actually watched. Qual- is it Quantum Leap years ago? Yes, where the guy, one, yeah. all your guys, whatever it was, kept jumping into different, different realities. Yes. So the world looked exactly the, the next world would look exactly the same as his, but you know maybe Hitler was was ruling this one, or you know maybe uh, World War Three had broken out and the world was destroyed in the next one, stuff like that. So yes. The thought that there are different yeah, outcomes to your history. And how it affects your present. I don't just, yeah. Again, mind gets bent and I just, yeah, you just lose it. But there's something, I don't know, there's something cool about astronomers and astrophysicists in particular, I think, and maybe just phys- physics generally. But there's, <clears throat> like in, in sport, sport is very tribal, business is very tribal. Mm. You know, there's the people want something and they don't want other people to do it, but there's something about the the stargazing community that we're, we're all in it together. Do you know that kind of way? Like, there's no... <laughs> we there's not that much what we big... are. We're small, we're insignificant. Yeah. You know, we're all here together. Um, yeah, so, the, yeah. Do you go into the astrophysics end of things? So the the particle physics, should I say? No, because it just warps my head. <laughs> just like it, it is fascinating. Like some of us, um, oh, what's this about? Um, I think what did Einstein call it? Um, what's that? Something that action at a spooky distance or whatever it was. Okay, where you could affect one atom here, um, and it would affect the exact same atom on on the other side of the universe. Something... Right. Something... It was bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To do with atoms, or particles, whatever it was. And yeah, if you mess with one, dual particles or something like that, it's exact opposite. It could be on the other side of the universe. So if you tickle this one, the other one will laugh. I know what it's you bizarre. mean. Yeah, yeah. But what what's bizarre is it's instantaneous. It doesn't matter how far away it is. It could be on the other side of the galaxy. It's instantaneous. Yet, if we wanted to see that particle, we'd have to travel 100,000 light years just to go see it. Yes, which would take 50 million years. And, you know, and this action happens in an instant. So how, how is that possible? So they still, I'm sure they still can't figure out why that's so. Um, There's loads of theories and, yeah, again, like I said, I just, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, way over my head. So, like, I do read about it and I try to understand some of the stuff, but, again, most of it just goes over my head as much as I try. Um, So, yeah, this is why I'm not a a, a, a professional astronomer. I just wouldn't have a clue. Well over my head. And maths was never my strong point in school either, so. But that's that's the beauty, I think, of kind of amateur astronomy and that, like, you don't need to be an expert in any of these things. All you need is an interest. Yeah, exactly. That's really all you need. And what what I found is anybody that's into it, I, I don't think I've ever met anybody who's into it 
at any level that wasn't keen to tell me everything that they knew and not in a kind of a bragging, bragging kind of a yeah. way but just in a we're all in this together mm. the more you learn the more I learn mm. the, the rising tide mm. lifts all boats like the kind first of time I went down to the Skellig Star Party down in Kerry and that's like about five years ago and it just felt like I was finally home <laughs> you big nerd yeah <laughs> Because it was now, like I'd met all all my mates. Like there's Liam and there's Mick and there's there's Kevin and there's Stephen and there's Iona and 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 David and Richie and we're all together and we try and get together as often as we can. So we're me me the astronomy group and 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 when I met them and it was great and I was like yeah we're all we we all love the same the same thing and I can I you know I can talk about this star that star and they listen. And they're interested. They're genuinely interested. And then you go down to Skellig's as well and it's exactly the same. And it's just, you're home. Do you know what I mean? You can just talk about stars till the cows come home and and everyone talks about it. Everyone's interested, genuinely interested. Talk to my wife. She listens for 30 seconds. She's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and like 20, 10, of those, 10 of those seconds were polite. The other was like, yeah, I'm just tolerating you now. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it was just it's just home, and I love it, and I love going down, and we all, and it's great because I just know you know I know lads from all over the country now that that do it, and we're all you know on Facebook together, and you know if if somebody has spotted something, they'll let everyone else know. Listen, like again, knocked it loose in clouds last night. Somebody was on, took a picture. Lads, get out and have a look. So we're all out trying to have a look. Um, you know, there was a new uh, new supernova in Cassiopeia earlier on this year or late last year. Sorry, what, what's Cassiopeia? Is that uh, a... It's a constellation. Okay. Um, just to the left of the, the North Star. Um, and so there was a there was a, a, a nova there. So we were all out trying to have a look at that. So I managed to get a, a small little picture of it. It wasn't great by any means, but it was a picture. Better than the one I took. <laughs> it was great. So, you know, it, it just it's great to be able to just talk to people. Like I said, I grew up. Not having anyone to but talk to. Kind of by to yourself, about. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was just it was a lonely kind of hobby. Um and then just to, to come up here. So you know, when I was living in Tala, didn't have anyone to talk to about. And then I moved up here. And it was I was to be honest, I, I had my telescope, that telescope was telling me I had for eighteen years and for the first like five or six years I had nobody now I had the instruction manual and I still couldn't get it to work properly. It took me ages and then did, I was down in Mick's house down in just outside Summerhill and it just clicked with me that night when I was down there and I was just like, bingo. And I got it to work and I was so, so happy. Do you know what I mean? And and just meeting all these lads up here um, and just, we just get together and we just have the crack when we're out um, uh, stargazing. We go down to Bechtab Abbey quite often. Oh, very good. Because it's kind of central for, for most of us anyway. Um, and it's usually quite dark. Now, there are other, there, I'm sure there's darker spots. Like, I've been up to, to the bog there, uh, Bohemian Bog, which is quite uh, quite dark. Okay. But there on my own, it's a bit spooky. <laughs> so you're always kind of <laughs> looking over your shoulder. And what's mead like in general? Like, is it is it is it good? Is it terrible? Oh, it's good. It, it is. It's good. But the, again, the further away you are from Dublin, the better. So the likes of Hill of Tara, I've been there to try stargazing. It's not great, especially because at all hours of the day and night, there's people wandering around. Like I did, I went up, oh, must be 10, 15 years ago, up to the hill of Tara with my telescope, which were people kept walking up, walking, you know, walking into me or tripping over the telescope and stuff like that. So you're oh, like, yeah. here. And then there's planes flying around. Then there's the light of Dublin City as well, which really lights up one whole side of your Yeah, so you're in between, you've Navin on one side and Dublin on the yeah. other. Like. So Navin is, you know, Navin's not too bad. Now, I've been up before to take photographs 
of like um, uh, Aurora a few years ago. And you can take some nice photographs, but like I said, you'd have to have Dublin behind you. Yes. You know, so. Um, but uh, like Back to Vabby is good. Bohemian Bog is very good. But then, like I said, the further north you travel, like um, my wife's sister lives in Cavan. And her place is just fantastic because in a place called Kilnalek in Cavan. And it's fantastic. It's just. I keep saying I'll bring up the telescope, and then I either forget or it's just it's rain, and anyway, so I just don't bother. And what is it about? What is it about Cavan? Just a low population or a spread out population? I suppose or? it's more of a spread out population. But like she's now like really, really out in the the in rural the sticks, area, like, yeah. yeah. And so there's not much light around, so it's just fantastic. So any city lights are only you know very far away, and not they don't wouldn't light up the sky like Dublin would. Yeah, so they're not going to interfere basically. Yeah, exactly. And light pollution is basically just light from street lights or houses or whatever it is reflecting back off whatever's in our atmosphere whether it's dust or clouds yeah. or whatever it is yeah. okay. now, I've noticed that Navin the county council in Navin have changed street lights there in the Dublin Road Okay, from those old sodium lamps to the LED type Yes, but they have a proper hood and they just point straight down so above them is nice and dark yeah and so if, if you were above them looking down you wouldn't really see them say. exactly yeah, Okay, yeah. and I thought this is great and then the dentist below us stuck out, stuck on a uh, an all day and all night. Oh, lovely uh, yard light! So I went down to have a word with them. Could they put a shield on it? And they did, but it didn't make any difference because it's one. It's like it's like one of these lights, if you know what I mean. Okay, you can block half of it, but it's still gonna. Ah, uh, yes, yes, you know yes. What I mean? So uh, my kitchen is still fully lit, <laughs> <laughs> all hours of the day and night. So I haven't been back down to tell her it didn't work. Just like oh. You know, what can you do? Yeah, yeah, of course. And the night sky reserve in Kerry, what, they're not giving a plan and permission to build because they're preserving the the darkness of the sky? Yeah, they're trying to to preserve the darkness. So I think, I'm not sure what way it works, but I think for like the likes of street lights and stuff, to be very, very strict on that, what type it is, how, you know, how it points down. Um, I'd say if you're building a house, it'd be the same. You'd have to have restrictions into what way you could light it up yeah you know? it's mad to think though isn't it that we need dark sky reserves I know it's crazy um, now like for all that as well like there's you know Waterville across the bay from Balanskelix and that can be pretty lit up sometimes which isn't which isn't ideal but it's still it's, it's only it's a low impact but it you know it shows kind of it's not always very strictly enforced yes yeah of course I mean? so um, yeah, but it's still anywhere really in Kerry because it's just not as developed as as like the East Coast. Do of you course, know what I mean? so it's still it, there's still plenty of places to go in Kerry and and even over in the West in general is usually the best the best place to go from mi- from Midlands over to the West is usually the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever done or considered doing? Because I, I believe we get a lot of solar eclipses, a lot more, let's say, at sea, so you can you can actually book trips to different places mm. to see certain events is that something you've done or would do or I would love to do it and actually got a chance to do one last year but I can't remember why I didn't go in the end it was uh, Covid it was, maybe was it I can't yeah it probably was yeah it probably would have been more to do with that um, I think it was over to Portugal or somewhere like that and it would have been just literally over watch it and maybe stay over the night and then just come home the very next day it was it was kind of a smash and grab job yeah um, yeah I can't remember what the circumstances was it just ended up not going in the end but it was a solar eclipse was it or I think yeah I think it was a solar okay. eclipse yeah 
yeah, we yeah. only had one was it the other day yeah last Thursday I yeah. fucking I saw something on Facebook somebody put up a photo and I think it was Anthony Murphy from Mythical Ireland stuck up a photo yeah. and I was like ah oh, bollocks I didn't know anything about it like <laughs> I did a, I did a little um, a time lapse of it oh you know, cool um, if you, you go onto my Facebook um, you keep popping up my my people you may know list. Ah, very good. <laughs> I haven't clicked on it yet because I said I'll talk to you first, <laughs> just in case. But if you do, if I do, um, just have a look. You'll see I posted it. Now it wasn't great because I have an intervalometer for the camera. Uh, sorry, what? An intervalometer. It's basically you just hook it onto your your um, camera, and you can set it to take pictures at a certain time. You can take you know one every five seconds exactly. or something. Okay. But of course, the day before when I was getting everything ready, it decided, ah, no, it's not going to work anymore. Lovely. Just now, it still works, but that I couldn't see the face on it. It's a di- digital display, so the, I couldn't set it. I could yes. Just, so in the end, I just had to sit there and go, click, click, <laughs> click, click. Lovely. Sunburned the face off myself because it was cloudy at first. <laughs> and I sat there hoping, you know, it'll come through the clouds. Great, yeah, click, click, click. And eventually, the clouds just disappeared and it was a fully sunny day. And of course, I was just sitting there. I was like, I'm not going to move. No, I'm just going to uh, sit for two and a half hours, clicking <laughs> the button, <laughs> burnt the head off myself. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, if you see it anyway, it's not great, but uh, it was something. Oh, yeah. I was delighted cool. with myself just to be able to do that. So There was one, when was it? Oh, fucking seven or eight years ago now at this stage, I was working on a, um, I was working up in Blanche. I was actually helping a mate of mine plaster a house. And uh, I'd heard about because it was a better one the one we had recently it, was only, it wasn't much of a solar eclipse mm. it was just kind of a the corner of the sun that yeah, was kind yeah, of yeah. eclipse but a couple of years ago we, I don't think it was a full one this is probably about 8 years ago but it was near enough close to about 7 because I'll tell you why because I remember it because I was working and I wasn't long in Wilkinstown at the time right and I remember sticking my head out the door every few minutes to have a look at through the clouds and it was raging I didn't take the day off but you know I was still kind of new in the place so yeah you're, sorry I can't come in tomorrow but I have to look at the sun do you yeah and that's what I did last week I said yeah there's an event coming up and I said we haven't had one for seven years so uh, I'm just going to take the day off yeah, and do lovely. that so yeah so I got the chance to find it but yeah I remember that one alright because I had gotten a heads up with that one I don't know who <clears> told me because I, I don't look at the news I'm not kind of plugged <clears> in so I 99% of not being plugged into kind of current events is 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 brilliant mm. but that 1% or 0.1 means you miss yeah. the odd fucking eclipse or whatever it is but I knew about this one and I brought my welding mask so you can actually see it so we were standing outside the house with the welding mask looking up the sky but the amount of people that kind of shouted over because it was in a housing estate and there was people kind of making their way to and from work mm. and you can imagine what somebody would look like <laughs> looking up the sun through a welding mask on a Tuesday morning at eight o'clock, like. But everybody knew about it, and every, mm. like everyone would shout over. Not everyone, but nine out of ten people that had walked by would go, "Oh, you, you're looking at the eclipse here! Yeah, fucking right, I am! Come on over!" And so there's no, you know, there's no way to use it. You just yeah, look just through it, like, yeah, and just wait for the sun to come. Yeah. And it was perfect. Like you could, yeah, you could really see it. Like it was cool. Yeah. But it just goes to show the kind of innate interest that's in. Mm. Pretty much everybody. Like. Yeah, like I like um, like I'll take the telescope out and I'll bring it out to the back garden and it'll be fine. It'll be doing my thing, but because of that light that's out the back, it interferes with looking up. So what I've done is I've started taking it out the front under a street lamp, um, which I've managed to uh, <laughs> do a job with. <laughs> yeah, we'll go. We'll say no more about that. But anyway, even with with that. Um, if I have the telescope set up, the amount of people that, that will pass and will ask, oh, you know, 
you know, that's a huge telescope and I'd be, you know, I'll have it set up and, and, and looking at stuff and I'd be like, do you want to come over and have a look? Yeah, 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 yeah. Be yeah. Great. Um, and people, yeah, like I said, they have that innate interest. People are just fascinated. Like I had that big telescope last year and I, uh, this about this time, it uh, would have been about August last year and I had it set up on the green outside the house because... Um, because it's such a wide area and I have a bigger field of view. Yes. Uh, and Jupiter, Jupiter and Saturn were up in the sky and I had my neighbours come out and they stayed with me the whole evening and I was just showing them around the sky and they were just fascinated. Like, oh, look at that Saturn. And you can see Jupiter and you can see its moons. And I was showing them, uh, you know, Andromeda Galaxy and a couple of um, uh, uh, star clusters. And I was just, yeah. And they had a great time and I was delighted. And just you'd have people passing by all the time. Oh, can I have a look? Yeah, no problem. And sometimes um, what I'll do is I'll hook it up to the laptop and I have a program called Stellarium. And uh, you can run, you just get a wire, you have a special wire, and you open up that that program, make sure your telescope. Anyway, long story short is you can press a button on the, or press anywhere on the screen, any star, anything, and the telescope will go off. Class. And, and when you do that, people are like, whoa. <laughs> a, uh, a telescope with cruise control, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so you don't need to be standing there with, with, the, with the hand control. Yes. So sometimes you have to go through menus and stuff like that, whereas with that on the screen, it gives you a real-time representation of the sky. So you can leave that running, and you'll see the sun rise, the sun set, the moon rise, the moon set. Do you know what I mean? In real time. Class. So, um, so you just click on it and press a button, off it goes and does its thing. And you can just, you can see everything in real time. It's fantastic. We've spoken a good bit about the, the planets and the sun and the different stars and the galaxies and all that crack. We haven't spoken a whole pile about the closest thing to us, the moon. Mm-hmm. So I can't, for whatever reason, I have some sort of a mental block. I can't get my head around the phases and all the rest of it. Now, I know that when you're looking at the moon, and it's in that kind of crescent shape, say. Mm. The side of the moon, of the circle that you... Of the, bleh, let me start that again, sorry. <laughs> so, when you look up at the, the night sky and you see the moon, let's say if it's not a full moon, if mm-hmm. it's anything short of a full moon, the dark side of it that you can't see, that's the opposite side of where the sun is, yeah. basically, so isn't it? the sun it? is off to the, the right-hand side. Yes, if it's if it's lit from that side. Yeah, so, you can, the- you can basically, at night time, you can tell where the sun is by looking at the moon. Yes. Amazing. Can you, what way would you explain the phases of the moon to someone? Because I have a relative interest in all this stuff and I know a good bit about it, but the moon phases, for whatever reason, I just have a block on. I'll be honest, I'm kind of pretty much the same. I'm not 100%. It's just to do with how we go around each other, how yes. it revolves around us. Because it, it's not just that it goes around us, because we're spinning mm. and it goes around us. Yes. It's always facing us the same way, though, isn't it? The moon doesn't spin. No, does it's it? tidally locked. That's what it's called. So the Sorry, one, tidally locked. Okay. Um, so the one side faces us all the time. Is that is that an optical illusion? Does it does it appear to like do do we rotate? No, we don't rotate it the same way it rotates. It is actually just it's actually locked. It doesn't spin. So. It doesn't spin. No, okay. it just, just okay. goes around us. Um, so the dark side of the moon is always the dark side of the moon. Well, it's not. It's not really dark. It's it's still lit. It's just we don't see it because it's of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's a misnomer. It's just it's, they just call it the dark side of the moon just because we can't see it. Yeah, of course. But it's still lit up the same the same way the, the side we always see is lit up. Exactly but it, it does have a night and day though, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and and sometimes in in its orbit, we'll see if you look up at the moon, you'll see it, it lit, and then you'll see some of it. 
and you'll still see the other side. You'll see basically a full moon, but half of it's lit. Yeah, it'd be like a full moon and a crescent moon kind of blurred together. Yes, so one side is lit by the sun, the other, the other side is lit by the earth. So you've got moon sh- sunshine on one side, earth shine <laughs> on the other. <laughs> so that's what that is. So sometimes... Like earth said, light. Yeah, earth, earth light, yeah. As opposed to moonlight. Yeah. Because I remember, and it was an embarrassingly short period of time ago that I realised that the moon isn't like a light bulb or a or a star. Like, I don't know why I always had it in my head that... It, that had its it, own light source. Well, that it, it, it emitted light, light because yeah. how else are you going to see it up there in the dark sky? <laughs> yeah, so it's just, but sure, it's just... It's just reflecting light. It's just reflecting yeah, light from the sun. Does, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but it's it's the gas, like little basic things like that, like and even more basic, and again far closer than the moon. Shooting stars. I only got into shooting stars. I don't know, maybe ten years ago, which was a long time ago. Mm. But I missed all my teenage years and all my <laughs> early twenties, like. And it's mad because I used to do a good bit of camping. I was big into me fishing when I was younger, mm. and I spent literally weekends at lakes. Like, I'd meet up with a mate of mine. We got big into carp fishing and pike fishing, mm. and we'd set up shop at a, at a lake in Westmead somewhere on a, a Friday after lunch. There, we might take a half day on a Friday. Mm. We'd head off, and then we'd come home Sunday night, like. Yeah. So we'd be camped out cooking and we had a decent setup or whatever mm. else and we could have been doing that underneath a, a shooting star night like the, the Perseids is the big one yeah. isn't it like we could have been out at the peak of that but sure we wouldn't have looked up we didn't yeah. didn't know anything about it and it amazes me how few people either know or care that these things happen, happen. Yeah. because yeah. Aside, like I know the fucking clouds don't do any favours but it was was it three or four years ago the Perseids because the last three or four years we've had a cloud fest for the Perseids. Yeah, yeah. But was it four or five years ago, whenever it was, that we had clear sky and the moon wasn't out or it was low in the sky mm. or, or dimly lit or whatever it was. Such a fucking display. Yeah, it like, fantastic. it's incredible. Mm. Like, And I invited a couple of people over to the house and it was, again, it was such a cool group thing to do mm. because we all, I put out, um, we have these kind of cushions for the, the kind of deck chairs that we have on the patio and we just lay them there on the ground so it was five or six of us lying on our backs on the ground just staring straight up and one of us would go oh was that one? Oh no I didn't see it oh did you see that one? Oh no no I didn't miss it and then every so often every single last one of us would just go because yeah, yeah, you yeah. get a real streamer across <laughs> the sky we did um, a few of us we, we go up to Loch Crew um, in Oldcastle savage yeah, spot July. for stargazing I'd say yeah so we're going up again now in July uh, again, we go we go up now. We've been going up to, in July for the last few years. We're yes. camping. Sorry and to cut across you, but that's your that's half nine. Was oh, it half nine? Is it? Yeah, hour and forty minutes. We're in. Yeah, wow, we can go a little bit. Savage, yeah, no, but just to give you the heads up. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, so we we would go up in July, and um, we'd go up on top of the hill, and we'd you know maybe take the cameras and do a bit of photo photographing and stuff like that. But remember, like that, remember we a couple of years ago, and we were we were up, and it was like twelve o'clock at night, and it was still bright. Um, and then you could, but you could also see, see the stars, and there was loads of shooting stars that night, loads. And it was just for about twenty minutes. We were like, everyone was going, "Whoa, whoa!" And I'm like, "Where, where? Fuck's sake!" <laughs> <laughs> I saw one where everyone else saw like twelve or thirteen. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> just looking the wrong way all the time. But, but um, yeah, I remember as a kid, um, and I wasn't really fully aware of. The, the meteor showers because you get about maybe seven or eight of them every year but the yeah. Perseids would be the biggest 
Um, and and unfortunately, the the news I noticed they they kind of talk them up sometimes. Oh, it's going to be fantastic! Yeah, you're going to be fifty an hour or a yeah. hundred a minute or whatever. You might the see fuck. one, but then you know you go out any night of the year. You're bound if you stay out long enough, you're bound to see at least you know five to ten at least. Do you know what I mean? You know, in in, in an hour, you just you know if you have good dark skies as yeah. well. Um, but yeah, I remember as a kid, we're on holidays, we were in the caravan park, and it would have been in August because that's when my mum and dad celebrate their wedding anniversary. And we were, I was with my dad, and it was night. We were walking down uh, one of the, you know, the little roads and the thing, and there was, you know, light, light, lights, little street lights, bulb street lights, every now and again. But I remember we were walking and we were talking, and I kept catching um, little flashes of light in the sky. But I thought it was just an optical illusion because of the little street lamps. But you know, years later, I realised no, it couldn't have been the street lamps. It had to be the the Perseids meteor shower no way. at the time. And I remember thinking, you know, crap. And I could have just been out down on the beach, which is only a few meters away, no lights. I could have been having a a whale of a time, you know, just looking up at them. But uh, yeah, just always. Unfortunately, mum and dad were never into that stuff. But like, you know, they encouraged me when I was a kid because they knew I was into it. So they got me the telescope to start me off. So it's just been a lifelong um, uh, hobby. But that's the beauty of it, though, because when you, like, most people get into, you know, sport, let's say, as, as a teenager. Yeah. And that's great. They love sport. It's, mm. it's a great community. It's great for fitness and all the rest mm. of it. And, you know, they might do it into their late teens and their early 20s and maybe even their late 20s and 30s if they're mm. lucky. But, you know, 40s, not so much. 50s, definitely not. And forget about it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. astronomy, I mean, you can be, you're as good as a teenager as you are a 70-year-old. Yeah. Or, it's it's not it's it's better again because the older you get, the kind of more you learn, the more you can afford, mm. the more mistakes that you've you've made, and yeah. you can get, you build up a ret- repertoire of mm. like I'd imagine that the difference between you taking out your scope now and looking to find something like you do it in two or three minutes or whatever, mm. which would have taken you maybe an hour and a half or half the night, yeah, and yeah, yeah. maybe not even seeing it back. Well, yeah, there's the day. nights where you can still have that where just everything that you do just goes wrong. I've had those nights where you you go out and you set it up and you you can't for whatever reason you can't align it properly and you can't something something happens with the what you call the eyepiece or the collimation is out basically you have to do tiny adjustments to the mirror and you can't see oh just there's so many things that can go wrong or it could be windy or you haven't got a set you've set it up and then realized that it's slightly off kilter it's not it has to be level when it's when it's of course, uh, yeah, or maybe it was level when you set up and it sank into the grass, yeah, or yeah, or there's you know wind, or yeah, just so many little things that can can go wrong. Thankfully, I've never dropped a telescope yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> Touch wood. Um, but yeah, I've come close a few times. But yeah, there's just been nights where, and you just kind of you have it all set up. You think this is going to be great, and then the clouds just roll in. Ah, like, yeah. Fuck sake! I remember years ago we were there's a lot we were down again. Meet astronomy. We were down in Rathbegan Lakes. Um, they had an astronomy thing. Yeah, that, that was, was probably you guys. Yeah, yeah hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Kevin Smith used to help organise it because he used to know the chap that that ran it or owned it, and he would let us come in and, and set up and and we'd ha- you know have a look and stuff. And I remember we went down for a supermoon event, so we advertised it, and you know we got a few people down, and it was lovely. But well, eventually it was lovely. But at the start, we went down. It was lashing no, I no. mean it was hammer and tongs, and we were under the the shelter, and we were you know we'd all the telescopes set up, and we're like. It's not gonna. It's not gonna clear. There's just no way. It was just not just rain. It was torrential, torrential, torrential for about an hour, and then it just eased. And within ten minutes, it was gone, and the clouds just disappeared. And we were like, "Are you kidding? Just <laughs> get wow, the scopes. miracle! Yeah, get the telescopes out, lads. Go, go, go!" And I'll just never forget it. We were just sitting there, just like you know, drowned rats thing, and it's just. 
ah shit, we shouldn't have bothered coming. Yeah, you know, yeah. But there's always there's always hope. And hey, presto, the the the, the clouds cleared and we we got the we got the moon. It was just I'll never forget that. It was just amazing. One minute pissing rain, next minute just glorious skies, fantastic. So yeah, so sometimes it can surprise you. So yeah, there's just there are nights where just things will go wrong. Like I've you know I've had stuff, and the more technology introduced, like you know um, the cameras and the you know laptops and stuff like that, the more that can go wrong. So like that, I was yes. trying to set up for the for the eclipse last week and get the camera ready. So I got the camera ready, but then I found that the uh, interferometer wasn't working. And then I said, right, well, I have a program on the computer that would do that. Of course, that wouldn't work either because I hadn't got the bloody key. Couldn't find the key for it. Uh, just, yeah. So yeah, like I said, in the end, I just ended up sitting there. Got sunburn from my troubles. But hey, <laughs> it worked. <laughs> worth it. Worth yes. it. So yeah, so I encourage anybody if they want to. Um, and yeah, the other thing is, you know, people, um, you know, get the interest and they said, right, well, I want to buy a telescope. You don't necessarily need to rush into buying a telescope. Try just getting a pair of binoculars, a cheap pair of binoculars for 20 quid or a little. Sometimes it's better than, you know, a, a, an 80, 90 euro telescope. No offence. Um, yeah. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and just to get you started and get you looking around and then you can get onto a telescope. Um, and like the odd time I'll get people now calling me up um, because, you know, somebody knew knew me and that I was into telescopes and they want advice on what to get so I'll give them the best advice that I can give um, but there's no need to be going spending big bucks on a brand new telescope um, there's just no need you can get a you can get a fantastically almost brand new telescope uh, second hand because like I said to you earlier on people will buy them decide that you know they use them once and then you know, realise I can't really use it or I've just kind of lost the interest and it just sits there gathering dust and you can tell sometimes like, the, like I said the finder scope's on backwards or something's upside down or it's pointing yeah, the down yeah of the sticker or the tag on it or whatever like. yeah exactly so like people will ring me or, or call me and, and ask me for advice and so I'll, I'll give them the best that I can and then what I'll do is I'll, you know, I'll pass them on to like Stephen Kershaw down in K-Tech telescopes down in Dublin and he'll have all all you know manner of telescopes and he'll give you the best advice that he possibly can and he'll always do his best to, to help you out um, but like I said I'll, I'll always do my best as well to, to help so you know so if you're ever looking for advice you can um, give me a shout on uh, my email so it's uh, henryoreilly01 at gmail.com so it's h-e-n-r-y-o-r-e-i-l-l-y at gmail.com Daily, so, no, savage. So anytime. And Meet Astronomy, is that the Facebook yep. page? Yeah, Meet Astronomy group, yeah. Give them a like or a comment or a share yeah. or all that kind of stuff helps, I'm sure. Henry, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm sick Thank now you that much. you have to head off because I want to talk about quasars and fucking oh all sorts of different <laughs> celestial things with you. But another time, brother, an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Thanks a million. Thank you very much.